passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash, here with former legendary 76ers point guard, Eric Snow, and my brother, Tasia Dash. Gentlemen, how you guys doing? Good, yourself? Good, good. Good. Hopefully, we'll uh, start to see uh, more things happen, Eric, with uh, KD and uh, Kyrie staying in Brooklyn. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I mean, I think that um, you know, both of those guys, they do stay. I mean, it seems that they're both staying right now. Mm. Um, I think more moves can be made. I, I don't think it affects free agency as much as it affects teams maybe making a move because they could have been a part of that trade or they could have got a player here and there. So, yeah, I think I can see where the the moves were held up, but not necessarily for agency. I think most teams, for the most part, have their rosters somewhat set. Mm. Yeah. Um, do you think, because I've seen some people are online making jokes about how, like, you know, it's been pretty clear that KD wanted out um, and now he's going back to Brooklyn. Like, how long, realistically, do we see this lasting? Do you think it just be a, a year thing or could this be kind of a hardened situation where he ends up leaving ha- halfway through the season next year? No, I mean, I, I think I think the plan is for it to last. I mean, if it doesn't last, it's because I think maybe something happens, and I think that if some if it if it something happens, I think it will be more mutual than maybe one sided. Um, I can see that, but I think right now um, the plan is to keep it moving, um, and maybe if they were able to kind of accomplish the things that most people thought they would accomplish, you know. You know, they can kind of move on and we can, it could be, a, um, you know, gone in the memory. But we'll see. Being a player in like these sorts of meetings, obviously more experience than we have. Because um, the last report that he, when he met with Cy was that 
he still told them, I want out and I don't, I, it's me or Marks and Nash. The next meeting they have is with him, his agent, Marks, Nash, and Cy, and now everything's all good. So does that mean it might have been like a a personal thing that might have needed to just get out in the air and get out in the open and get resolved? Or is it like, I mean, what would be something that can go from, oh, it's them or me, then all of a sudden we're all good for now? Well, in, in my guess, it was, you know, obviously I believe in the first meeting it was um, maybe KD and ownership. Only mm-hmm. he and his representatives. Um, I think there was some some form of disagreement between him and you know maybe having a conversation with Steve and 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 Sean and all them having a conversation with them and it didn't particularly go as well and um and and I think some of this has to do with Kyrie in some way. Um, even though he's not really mentioned in all of this, I believe that one way or another, maybe the disagreements is a part of that. It could be a disagreement in the direction of the team. Um, so I, 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 I have no way of knowing, but I think it can go many different ways. But I just think in in the end, with all parties there, it was a decision that was – that came out agreeable, but I do firmly believe that it was, in my opinion, the team saying, Hey, we're not just going to trade you for anybody. Like it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and most of these teams can't, the, the places you would like to go can't give us what we deserve in trading you. So how can we, what what's needed to make this go forward and kind of like move on, move on. And then I believe that that's why the other guys were in there, so then they could hash out what it is they have their issues with. Whatever might have been the problem. And then move on from there. So I don't think that he necessarily called his meeting to say, hey, I want to come back. I think it was more of a, hey, this is where we're at. Like, we can't get it done. So if we can't get it done, we're not going to sacrifice the team and do all this. So how can we make it work? And At least for this season. At least for now, you know, for now, how can we make it work? But even even in saying this season, I personally don't think you can just say for right now or this season, because then if you're saying that and then all of a sudden you talk, you talking about winning the championship, you're talking out the side of your mouth. So yeah. I don't know how you can be like, hey, we in it right now. But and then say we in it to win the championship. Like, I don't see how if you're not all in, because to me, that's not all in. Yeah, I guess they think with the amount of talent that at least those two have, they think like not being all in, they can still win it all. But well, we've seen that. <laughs> we've seen that they can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Kawhi, Kawhi wasn't all in with Toronto. He was out the moment they won, and they still won. So yeah. Well, he was yeah. all in when he was there. Like he just wasn't all in as far as being signing in the future. But he was present. No issues. Present, working hard, and a lot of things went their way. You know, mm-hmm. they had one yeah. big shot that, you know, could have been totally different outcome. We know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I do. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, on that, so that's a nice little segue to 76ers. Uh, so last week we did kind of talk about the um, Christmas Day game because uh, that was the only one of two games that had been leaked. Um, so after our show, the following day was the schedule was released. 
Um, so the Sixers schedule dropped, and it finishes off with a really tough stretch. Uh, 14 out of the last 15 games will be against playoff teams from this past year. So two questions for me here. Um, does that play a factor into the way teams manage minutes and rest days throughout the season, knowing that you have such a brutal stretch towards the end of the season? And would you rather have a tough beginning portion of the schedule or a tougher end, Eric? Um, If I had to guess, not really guess, but just for a feel, I would say tougher in the end than the beginning. Um, I, I think getting off to a, a, a great start helps, helps the team, um, helps your confidence. Um, at the end of the year, and I looked at that stretch, and I don't even think, personally, I don't even think that's the toughest stretch of the season. I really don't. Um, I'll go over that afterward, after uh, Taser speaks. <laughs> but I, I think that um, – You'll kind of you may there's a way that you may benefit that out of all of those games I can't see all of those teams fighting for playoff position. Um, so I think you'll have some drop off in games where guys are kind of getting ready, teams are getting ready for the playoffs. And I, I even though with the you know the added teams, I, I still think it'll be a little more defined by then. And I know a lot of these guys, especially these you know, teams that are up top, they're not going to play their guys um, that many minutes and getting ready for the playoffs because playoffs is right there. So I, I do see some minutes being pulled down from some guys. And I don't think that all of those games will be as competitive um, as maybe we would think looking at the schedule right now. And plus, you're, you're right. There are, there are teams that fall off. So we say 14 of the 15 teams were playoff teams last year. But by that point in the season this year, they may not be playoff teams going into the – That's no. true. I mean, yeah. they may be playoff teams, but they may be teams that are locked pretty much locked into one or two spots. Yeah. They may be locked into one or two or three or four, and that game, particular game is not going to really drop them. Um, So that's when you kind of like guys – so guys, if that's the case in this – two weeks before they're not going to play their guys 40 plus minutes. They're just not going to do it. And they'll try to win a game, but they're not going to, you know I'm saying? Play 40 plus minutes. Right. Tage, what do you, what do you think about that? Uh, that last stretch? Um, well, to answer the first question, I don't think, I mean, I don't think a tough schedule at the end should change how they go about it. I mean, we do have some older vets, uh, Tucker, Harden, and Embiid kind of gets managed like an older vet. He always has been. So, um, And Tucker and Embiid, man, they play hard. So if we're – I guess you don't want to run out of gas, especially the way they all play. And the way Harden works with the ball in his hands, he does a lot of stuff with the ball in his hands. So if they feel like they need to manage their minutes and rest days, then go ahead. But Philly's had a pretty good history with um, being cautious with injuries and – because of how much we've been snake bit in the past with bad injuries. So I trust we'll just be smart with the minutes. Um, I think it is better to have the tough part of your schedule last. I agree with Eric. Uh, I think a team will be more battle tested by then. They'll be more gelling by then because it is still a new team being put together. So um, they should be playing their best ball by then. So it's a good lead into the playoffs when you're playing your best ball to be playing against the best level of talent. So um, whether resting a couple guys or not, still, I'd rather have it be at the end. You don't think that's a toughest uh, stretch, uh, Eric? I'm looking at it right now. I'm trying to see where where you're looking at. 
No, I think, toughest, I, think, I think I see where you're. I think I see where you're talking about. The toughest stretch to me is mid February. Yeah, this this is the toughest stretch for me. So you coming out? So you you got to hope that you have a good start going to the break. When you go into the break, say for instance, you're not. You know, hopefully we're ahead and we got some cushion and we're playing well because you come out of that break and you just never know how coming out of break is going to look. So we come out of the break. And the first game is at home against Memphis on TNT. You got to always remember national televised games. You never know how those are going to go. We got a lot of those. Um, Memphis. The next game, home game, Boston, ABC. The next game at home, Miami. Next game at Miami. Mm. The, the game the next day, so when you play at, I mean, at Miami, then the next day you play at Dallas on TNT. Damn. Two days later, at Milwaukee on ABC. Two days later, at Indiana, game we should win. Rest day. But it's the last day of a trip. It's the it's last true. day of a four-game trip. And then the next day after the Indiana game, Home against Minnesota on TNT. Mm. That's out of the All Star break. Yeah, five straight road road games right there. That's 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 out of the that's out of the All Star break. Mm. So yeah, it's pretty tough. So when you're looking at a stretch, and that's a stretch where there is no questions about who's trying to win and guys rest. There that isn't in the equation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you're already you're rested at coming off the All Star break. So you coming you off the break. Rested. So so. That could determine a lot going into the end of the season. What we're talking about, <laughs> this could that stretch right there could lead into. So then you you know when this stretch is over, you're a month from the season being over. Yeah, this is only a few games from that stretch that you talked about. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's one, two, three, four, five, five games, and then you start that other really, and bad then you stretch. start that other stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a tough second half period, really. Yes, but but um, that's what happens when you play on national TV. A lot when you play on national TV, and most of the NBA national televised games are backloaded. Because if we see now, I believe TNT. I don't even think TNT does Thursday games until maybe January now, right after football season. Yeah. So most of those TNT and then ABC really only do Christmas and then later in the season. Most of those games now are backloaded. Mm-hmm. So from here on out, if they're doing a scheduling like that, most of the top games, if you're on national TV, will be later in the year. Yeah. Because of television. We have 34 national games. Yeah, it's 34, 34 national. Well, not national because MBT is NBA TV considered national? It's really. I mean, national is um, it's it's a national game, but when you think national is more of TNT and ABC and ESPN, whereas NBA NBA TV is like that, but that they're usually they use the the local broadcast for that. Yeah, but I'll say bigger games because that's what you know they're putting on NBA TV. It's a bigger game, right? Thirty four of those does that. I mean, I'm going to get the ticket no matter what because I mean, you know, if we're a, we're a huge fan. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I, I, it used to be a limit on how many games you could have nationally. It's a lot. Um, uh, 
you know, when we were in Philly, we we usually met that maximum mm-hmm. whenever it, whatever it was. But I believe now, you know, but we also didn't have NBA TV like that, not like it is now, mm-hmm. um, yeah. where they you know really did. It was more of shows than it was games. Um, whereas now, um, you know, it, what it means is just people that don't have to have the package to watch your games. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, this, it, it means that the expectations are higher. Um, but like I said, most of the, maybe the NBA TV games, you can have, you know, maybe you won't have top teams and you can still be on NBA TV, but most of the, um, ABC, ESPN, TNT games are usually top teams, um, to be on national TV. Cause I, I can remember when, when we were in, when we played, we, we were never, really at home on TNT because hmm. hockey was Thursday was a hockey day oh. at Wells Fargo. I believe that they were um, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. We were Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we split Sundays. So we, um, I don't believe we ever played a TNT game during the regular season at home. Wow. And that was always against a good opponent. <laughs> they did a pretty good job of splitting it up. So it's 18 home for those games and 16 away. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Is is there any TNT games um um yeah, a lot too. At home on Thursdays? It's it's now they do it. Now I think they do it, but yeah, with oh, us, like home I'm on Thursday. You, I'm telling uh, you, yeah. you never play TNT at home. Miami is at home on yeah. Thursday. TNT, Mem- yeah, so they, they totally Mem- changed that around from from when when we played. I know that was a long time ago, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying it was. It's just interesting that you know with TV, like things move around a lot more. Um, you know, I'm sure they got rid of the um, the particular days for each sport. But that's Actually, how that's Milwaukee how on October 20th is Thursday night game. Yeah. Yeah, so they it's like we never play home on TNT. That's early. That's an early third. Okay, well, but it's it's a Thursday night TNT game. Yeah, the first week they have a game. The first week they have Tuesday and Thursday, uh, which is what the they call week. opening week or whatever. So the first week okay. TNT does Tuesday and Thursday. I think ESPN does Wednesday and Friday, and yeah. then I don't think they have any more games on Thursday until um, not TNT. Check- we have- we have a Thursday night NBA TV against Atlanta in November, but um, yeah, yeah, I think I think they went away from it. I believe until um, January. Yeah, because apparently TNT games ra- ratings were being split between um, NFL football and uh, the Thursday night NBA game, so that's why they went away and just did Tuesday nights until the season's over, and then once the season yeah. NFL season's over, then they go to Thursday night again. Yeah, mm. smart smart move by Turner for doing that. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah, so uh, taking a closer look at the schedule for our, our next topic. So you guys mentioned 34 of our 82 games will be on national TV. So mm-hmm. the split the split is 11 on NBA TV, 10 on TNT, 10 on ESPN, and three on ABC. Um, so looking at the calendar, what is the game you're circling uh, in this season? What's the game you're circling, and why is that the game you're going to be looking at this year? The game you're going to be really like the game that's going to be kind of the, the the one the one to watch this year. If you could pick one. I think it's obvious to me. It's the first game Ben Simmons plays in Philly. <laughs> That's what it's, I had to. <laughs> for took the easy reasons. one. For, for two guy. reasons. One, for Ben coming back to Philly 
and for in the second reason, the way Brooklyn kicked our tails when they were when they came back that time when everything was supposed to be so hyped. Mm -hmm. um, when was, um, so I think that to me that's that's the game. I mean, we kind of got need to get it over with. We kind of need to see it happen. Um, that's the game. That's the number one game. I think that's even bigger than you know Christmas game or anything like that. But that to me, that's the game we need to see. We kind of need to see how that plays out and how that shakes. I, I believe that's Thanksgiving week too. That's the Tuesday of Thanksgiving. I need to not be traveling that uh, that Tuesday is what I need to do. Got to X that out on my calendar. Do not travel yeah. on that day. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's a good one for sure. Yeah, that, that's that's yeah. the one I had. November twenty second. That's the the one I circled. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick another one, I would say. Um, um, I think the, the the game when Denver comes to that's a good um, one too. Philly, that's a good one, and they and they have it as a rivalry week mm -hmm. um, game, which the, the NBA is doing this year. Now, rivalry is not always team; is sometimes it's player. Yeah, and they're hyping it as a you know a Joel and you know a fella um, game. So, to me, that's kind of you want to see how that plays out. Um, Jokic, I mean, so yeah, they're airing that, that right there. Um, and and then you always want to kind of, if I'm picking another one, you always want to kind of see where you are with a team that ended your season. Mm -hmm. So you know, when Miami comes to town, yeah, that's a good one too. Kind of stick it to them, you know what I'm saying? After them beating you the previous year, so. Those will be the three choices with the, the first choice I said being number one. Yeah, those are all those are all good. All four Boston games are gonna be on big networks. Huh. Of course. Yeah. Great. yeah. Philly and Boston. Both Denver games are gonna be on networks, of course. Uh -huh. They weren't stupid on that one. They know what to do. They know what people like. Um, I think I think three out of the four Miami, I think you're being nationally too um I had um besides Brooklyn <laughs> I had uh I had the March 4th primetime game against Milwaukee uh we always have great primetime games in Milwaukee I also think you know more even though you know Boston went to the finals I think I think Milwaukee's still they're the last eastern champs let's put it that way the, the champs to win out of the east so um, that's a great test for us. It's, it's it's not too late in the season to the point people might be resting, you know. But it's it's in it's in early March. Um, I put the Saturday night Boston game ABC February twenty fifth. Um, the one when your stretch that you named, Eric, uh, that one's I think a great game too because we'll both be coming out of the All Star break. We'll be pretty fresh. We'll get to see the best of each other. Which, which game are you talking about? Which game did you say? February twenty fifth against Boston. Yeah, I mean that that Milwaukee game you talk about is that same stretch, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. we're both fresh. We're both fresh coming out of it. Good test. Good Eastern test. Uh, Boston's at Philly. The Milwaukee's at Milwaukee. So um, both good. And then I put uh, March twenty fourth against um, Golden State. Final stretch of the season um, at Golden State. Um, Obviously, the champs get to see what we look like going into our final stretch. I put that one as well. Got it. Um, so, 
do you all write off the uh, – neither one of you said the the opener against uh, Boston at Boston. I know that's going to be – you know, it's at Boston. I mean, is that is that a big game or is that more like, you know – Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, I think it's a big game. Um, but to me, all the first games are big games. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I don't think this kind of brings anything special to me. You know, I just think that, you know – the first game is like, hey, we got to go out here and make a statement that first game. So I don't think just because we're playing at Boston mm. that it's any different than if we were playing at, you know, you know, Toronto or Charlotte. I would look at it the same, like, hey, let's see how we look in the first game. Mm. So it's more of a big game for Boston. I think being at home and first game from being runner-ups and all that, for us, I think it's a game. It's the first game. Right. I think it's like starting a marathon, right? It's important how you start it, but I don't think you're going to win because of how you start it. So um, it's obviously can't wait for that game, but yeah. I don't, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think we're looking back at that. We play them three more times after that. So it's like, I don't think that game's doing anything for the entire complexity of the year. Obviously, it would suck if we got our asses kicked, or either way, really, it would set up a bad tone for the other three games. But yeah, I don't, I mean. Yeah, that's more outcome, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the outcome, I think, will tell us a lot. Um, so I wouldn't, but I wouldn't necessarily go in saying, hey, this is a game on circling, but outside it and always circling, you know, the first game. Like, right. I just don't think that it's a game that I'm like, hey, I can't wait for this game. Now, I can say I can't wait for the first game, but to me, it wouldn't matter who the opponent is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either way, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm also looking at – I know Matisse is looking at those two games at Toronto back-to-back <laughs> on October 26th and 28th that he will not I, look, play. Look, I actually looked at that on the schedule and thought of you. <laughs> I actually did. And I thought I'll of you, you and, uh, and you and I will actually thought of you two guys when I seen that. I'm like, oh, is this a break or what? Like, it's only one it's a nice trip. Little vacation, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, damn, Matisse is like, man, paying me a trip to Miami when they go to Toronto. <laughs> yeah, because because think about it, he, he goes he goes to we play at home against Indiana October 24th. Dude doesn't have to go again till meet them in Chicago to the, to the 29th on October. Man, that's. Dude, gets an early break for him. That's fantastic. <laughs> Enough time there to, to gain weight on that five days, dude. I mean, that's that's <laughs> go to Chicago early and have some, uh, you know, Giordano's over there and have some. Uh, Giordano's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Man, all right. More of a Lou Malnati's guy, Tish, not Giordano's. Giordano's spot, uh, more of a Lou Malnati's guy, not really a Giordano's guy. Uh, yeah, I want the more, you know, like uh, mainstream route. Yeah, sure. Lou's is getting up there. Um, all right. Okay, so our final topic, we're going to have a little fun with this one. Um, uh, recently, I've seen a lot of uh, Twitter trends, you know, of all different fan bases. You know, the Celtics named their top five of all time. They're, they're starting five players. I've seen Sixers fans doing their uh, all-time starting five for the Sixers. And so I wanted to ask you guys, if you guys could put together your six, 76ers all-time starting five, who would that be? And I, 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 can, I can lead the way if you guys want me to. <laughs> you obviously want to. Go ahead. Okay, so <laughs> I, I do. I do. Uh, so my starting five would be, um, so I would have our guy E. Snow at the one. I would oh have uh, 
Iverson at two, <laughs> Dr. J at three, Barkley at four, and Embiid at five. Thoughts? Oh, go ahead, Tasia. I put um, my one and two. I mean, go either way here. I put Hal Greer at one, AI at two. I put Julius Irving at three, but Barkley at four and Wilt at five. Wow, Wilt over Embiid, huh? I I have a side question about this, so I'm going to wait for Eric to go first, and then we can start discussing. <laughs> uh, we don't. I don't need to go. My five is the same as yours, Tasia. <laughs> wow. Five, five is the same. Um, and you know what? I had to I had to even look it up and kind of look at how long Will actually played with the Sixers. I know he was with Philadelphia when they were the Warriors, mm-hmm. but you know, I had to kind of think in my head, does that count as Warriors or Sixers? You know, even though he was in Philadelphia. True. Um, and it Technically counts as Warriors, mm-hmm. even though he was in Philadelphia. Um, and, I, and and my thing wasn't necessarily whether I should put Joel in there; it was whether I should put Moses in there. Moses, I knew, yeah, I, I knew you were going to say. It. <laughs> yeah. So I had to look it up, and the numbers that Wilt put up in the three and a half years that he played in Philly are absolutely <laughs> incredible. <laughs> They're absolutely incredible. I was like, there's no way you can leave them off this list. There's no way. So my question I had with that was, knowing Mac, because obviously knows Will killed it with, with, with Philly and just killed it in general, how many more years is Embiid going to do what he did the last couple years to be put over Will? Is it possible without rings? Obviously, rings and his stats would, I think, do it. I think – I mean, he had to play his whole career here. I mean, I th- because of what Wilt did in, in, and he's from Philly too, like what he did in that span. Um, God, it sucks to be drafted as a center in Philadelphia, huh? Like you're just like – you're climbing a literal mountain. Yeah, to like that's – Put on like the, the the Mount Rushmore for centers on there. Yeah, I mean that that you know what Wilt did. Like I got to pull up. How about this? How, how about how many more years is Embiid to do to be over Moses? How about that? I mean, he got a better chance of getting over Moses um, in a year or so if 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 he's not already to some people. Um, but Wilt. And I think it's it may be a little unfair to Joel because some of the what I think Wilt did and kind of how I'm judging him is more of his career more so than his Sixers career. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that that's why you maybe the question has to be a little more defined. Is it what a player did in their career that played for the Sixers, or is it more what the player did? Um. Sixers, you know, because yeah. you look at a guy like Hal Greer, who's um, played his whole, you know, I believe he played his whole career in Philly in the numbers that he put up. So most people outside of maybe us would never include Hal Greer. But if you look at the record books, <laughs> you can't keep him out of there. No, 
No, this top 75 player. I did see some lists that had Mo Cheeks over Hal Greer at, at top point guard. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Some people could, you know, you know, if you if you don't know Hal Greer, you could easily do that. Um, when you have Mo, Mo now is a Hall of Fame player, but, you know, you're looking through the record books, Mo's in there, says steals. That's a legitimate thing when you're looking more like a point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, true more if you, you're judging, hey, I need a point guard instead of just a guard. Um, most people would go with Mo Cheeks, but if you're just saying, you know, how good is the leading scorer in Philadelphia history? Yeah. Um, that says a lot with all that talent. You know what true. I'm saying? Even yes, it says a lot about longevity, but it still says a lot as far as him playing. You know, AI didn't finish his career there and Doc didn't start his career there, so we don't know if that could have been different. Um but, you know, hey, right here on another note, on the basically the same note, but another note, Will averaged 27 and 24 with, with the Sixers. That's, that's stupid. That's what that is. His numbers are so crazy that people, people will knock him and say, well, he couldn't do that right now because the numbers are just so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. J.J. Reddick would say he was going against uh, plumbers and firemen, though. Uh, pretty soon they'll say that about us. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. <It> ridiculous. But... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and he probably was, guys. You know, I've talked to a lot of older players. Some of those guys did have second jobs. It wasn't because they were plumbers and firemen. because that's what they needed to take care of their family. Yeah. That was his competition, though. You can't change yeah. where the competition was, right? I mean, that's who he played against. That's what, that's what the league was, right? Uh, he played against Bill Russell. Yep. Yeah. So and give Bill Russell all this credit and then say he played against firemen. Mm-hmm. Calling mm-hmm. Bill Russell a fireman and plumber? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think going back to the Reddit quote, I think he said that about when, um, what's his name? Uh, Mad Dog was talking about Bob Cousy, right? Cousy. Yes, yeah, yeah, but same era, same. I mean, same. You know, obviously, Bill Russell, same. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, Jerry West. I mean, who are you saying it about? You know. Yeah, exactly. You're insulting another top twenty player, top ten player. Even. Yeah, I mean, it's... doing that. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I just thought it was interesting while I was doing it. I was let it go. That's why you just don't. That's why you let it go and you don't compare all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough though, I and mean, Bede's got a mountain to climb. Um. Yeah, I'd say he had to finish his career here. I'd say another five years, six years of what he's doing right now. Um, if he were to become the the uh, all time Philly scorer, that might do it. Yeah, no, that, that's what I said. I think that his longevity is. Um, I mean, if you're looking at his longevity or of his longevity of dominance. Mm-hmm. Um, where he's considered you know, a top player in the league um, like he is now. Um, how long does that stick? Um, does it turn into getting past the second round? So I think it, it has to play out a little more. Um, you know, if, if we don't get past the second round, excuse me, and you know, Moses Malone may still be up there. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
how close Barkley, are go ahead. I was going to say how close because you guys are more familiar with the, with the older uh, basketball. Um, how, how close did Doug Collins come to, to being on that top in the starting five, or would he not be, or are his numbers not uh, indicative of a, like the being a top five uh, shooting guard? In, um, if we if we're picking five, it's not a knock on anybody that doesn't make it. No, hundred percent. I I, 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 <laughs> I was saying what were were Doug Collins the elite at, at, at a certain point with the uh, Sixers. Yeah, I thought Doug was, you know, for, for the time that he was there, Doug has some some good times there, but it's just you got AI and the leading yeah. scorer in Sixer history. Of course, I mean, yeah, no, 100%. That's not a knock on Doug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%. The other guy that came up a lot, too, uh, uh, at four was Bobby Jones, too. Uh, if you look at all-time lists, he was right there with Barkley on, at four. Um, yeah, we know. I mean, I mean with, my thing with Charles is – how dominant he was when he was there and yeah. how dominant he was when he left. So it was just a matter of if Charles would have stayed, it, it's, you know, he's arguably the best six. A no brainer. So, yeah. 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 He still played, he played there eight years. So yeah, good. I mean, I, I don't good, think that's good I enough. Think, I don't think you put anybody in front of Charles. Yeah. That's going to be eight years. is definitely good enough. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty good, uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's how you look at it. I mean, it's, if when I talk to Mo Cheeks, you know, Mo Cheeks, of course, played with Doc and Mose and all them, and he will, and he, and he's high on um, Andrew Tony. Yeah, that's another guy, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think Mo, knowing Mo, Mo Cheeks will put Andrew Tony on that list anytime before he put himself on there, just from how he talked about those guys and who they were as players. So it's just very interesting when, and and he was just, he would always say that numbers don't tell you how good he was. He would always say that. Um, he was just like he was a gamer. So that's also, where man, a lot of times we're looking at him from a number standpoint, more so than you know the impact when the, when they were playing. But that's you know that's what we have to do is not because that's the only thing we can go by really is numbers. Like I didn't see how Greer played. Um, you know, if we're saying people that I've seen play, then my list will probably change because I didn't see Will play either. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, I mean, I, I would have a list based on who I've actually physically seen with my eyes or watched on television or played with, and a list of all-time greats, including the people I didn't see play. Mm-hmm. My list would be different. And Moses just wasn't in Philly long enough, right? If you if you if you give him all the Houston years in Philly, I mean, I'd say arguably he'd be higher than Will at this point. Arguably, yes, but that's but that's but, so, but we also had to include Wilts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Else, you know what I'm saying? So Moses, that's Moses why, did, but that's why I was saying with yeah. with Will, the only thing that would not put me in there, put him in there, is his longevity. Mm-hmm. With the Sixers, like like how long? Like he didn't play a lot of his years with us, even though he played in Philly, and that's why I had to check it because I wasn't sure how many years he was in Philly with the Sixers versus Philly with the Warriors. Was Butler in Philly long enough to be uh, eligible? <laughs> Who? I'm, kidding. I'm totally Butler. I- I'm kidding. I'm totally. Kidding. Oh yeah, Is it, no. <laughs> Twenty eight games. He actually showed – I looked it up. He, he showed up on some people's list. I was like, man, come on. But, see, that goes into your whole what are you judging, how long he played for you or how good of a player was. And, yeah, he did a pit stop at your city type thing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if you're talking about, you know, like, I would take Iggy and what he did in Philly over what Jimmy Butler did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think Thaddeus Young on that list, too. Andrew Holiday. I'll take that. I would yeah. say Corver over Butler. We're talking about what, <laughs> what they did in Philadelphia. I mean, he we played for him like five, six years in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's you know, it, I just think once you kind of say what the rules are, what you know, how we're how we're picking this list, it changes based on what the criteria is, basically. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, mine was a mix of nostalgia and and guys you couldn't take off the list. That's why I had you and AI and the and the one and two. And yeah, the- I wouldn't even put myself on there, but thank you, I appreciate it. <laughs> See, Mar- Marcus was building a team. What he was doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I also had like a like a like a fun team of guys that you know it would be fun to kind of put together. It was uh, I had Harden at one, Iverson at two, Corver at three, Reggie Evans at four, and uh, uh, Samuel Townsend at five. <laughs> 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 Just, just guys I, you know, I grew up watching, and, you know, just the nostalgia, man. Still, still looking for that lob threat, huh? <laughs> yeah. That'd be a, that'd be a. You just basically took a two man offense with Harden and AI, and then you have like Evan just rebounding anything they missed, huh? Yeah. That, that was that, that was, was pretty my, much it. That was my yeah. logic. <laughs> yeah, Harden, Harden, AI average like forty a game to equal eighty, and the rest of the guys get like seven, seven to eight, and then then just you know. You have Cor- you have Corver wide open in the corner. You got you got Reggie and, and uh Downbear's banging. Yeah, you have Downbear blocking shots, protecting the rim. You got Evans rebounding, Corver hitting threes. <laughs> the other two guys just shooting 35 times a game, huh? <laughs> yeah, <pretty laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. would, would Aaron McKee be uh the best six man of all time in uh <clears throat> history? Uh, I would say him and uh him and Lou Williams probably top two for me. Say so if you had um if we're rating you know, are six, are we considering man. Bobby Jones a six man? I, I mean, I, are we? I I don't know. I don't know much about Bobby. I, Jones. I would think historically, if you're considering Bobby Jones a six man, then Bobby would probably win it out. Yeah, over longevity and what he did there, I would. As much yeah. as I love Aaron and and would want to say Aaron, um, yeah, just Bobby how long he played there and all that that he was, but I just don't know like. How much Bobby as far as starter reserve? Like I don't, I don't really know. He was primarily a six. He was primarily a bench guy. Yeah. So there was one year that he played a lot. He started a lot of games, but for the most part, every other season but that, he, he came up. That's the bench. what I thought. So yeah, you probably have to give it to give it to Jones. Hey, we've had some good six men then between Lou, Aaron McKee, and uh, Bobby Jones. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, I, I want to throw that in because I thought it would be a fun topic for uh, to talk about the other starting fives and six percent. Yeah, it was great. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Believe in 76ers presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week as we kind of get closer to things happening, getting uh, getting things going. So we're excited. Coming along. Yeah. Coming along. I'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Later, guys. All right. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.